Hi, everyone. Welcome to the ImpactVest podcast, transformative global innovation in a new era of impact. I'm Aisha Williams, the founder and CEO of ImpactVest. And along with our guest host, we aim to inspire and motivate towards collective positive global impact to solve our world's most pressing challenges in sustainability. With each episode, we will engage in insightful conversations with global change makers, visionaries, and sustainability activists who wish to build a more sustainable and resilient future. Join us now as we create the future of impact. Hello, everyone, and a warm welcome to our very first episode. My name is Motlacho Ramoba, and I am the ImpactVest UN Global Compact Target Gender Equality Lead. We will be discussing how systemic issues affect SMEs. Here to help us unpack some of that is Luanda Jafta from the People's Fund. Luanda Jafta is the co-founder of the People's Fund. Their focus is on doing purchase order funding for people with contracts with government as well as the private sector. Thank you for joining us, Luanda, and welcome. So, where were you and what were you doing? I was high in psychedelics Mm. um, when we started the People's Fund. Mm. I was high in psychedelics. I actually remember that day all Mm. the time. 2017, uh, I was busy with other businesses and I was making decent money with those businesses, Mm. but I was bored, like proper bored. Mm. Um, And then I got high. I'd been thinking about black businesses not having access to capital. Mm. While I got high, it became very clear that the future of the world um, would be divided into two, or or rather would change, you know? Like, if you look at the system as it exists now, you've got uh, an organization that is, is intermediary, to everything, right? So you've got like, even if you look at South Africa, yeah, we're sort of an oligopoly state. You've got four main players in every industry, right? What that does is they become the tastemakers for what happens in that industry. Mm. So in the finance sector, one of the things was it's really, so I've got a maths background. So, yeah, numbers guy. So are you read? So are so, you read? <laughs> <laughs> so in that, one of the things was finance works wrong. Like it's disconnected, it's complicated and convoluted. Mm. Because what happens is when, as an individual, you deposit money either for into your bank, or you have an insurance policy. Mm. Yeah. When you put in that money, let's deal with the bank. You get like a six percent if you're lucky, right? Return on your on your money. The bank takes that money, goes loans it out to businesses, individuals, and whatnot. They make twelve to twenty four percent, right? It's like the system is stupid, right? Firstly, because why is there this middleman who's taking a chunk of this money? Mm. Firstly. Secondly, um, South Africa's credit acts are written wrong, or financial sector acts. They're written for white people. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, you know like when you want to get credit for something, mm-hmm. they tell you, um, what's, this thing, what's this thing called? Um, yeah, go get a, a clothing account first, right? Yeah, for, for credit. For credit purposes, mm. right? It's stupid because mm. all you're doing is putting people in debt, firstly. Secondly, if you're a small business, right, you're regulated like an individual. So big businesses, if you've got like an income of a million or more per year or you've got net asset value of a million or more, mm. right, you're, you're allowed to access credit in ways that small businesses can't. Small businesses, they can't access credit from banks mm. unless they can provide surety, show affordability, and all of those things. And it was very clear that it was built for 
white people. Yes. So we said we're going to skirt on the edges of regulation, right? And what that means is that we created a product called the, the Purchase Order Funding. Yeah? Basically what we do is we buy goods from the entrepreneur and resell them to... Uh, buy goods directly from the supplier and resell them to the entrepreneur. Entrepreneur comes to us, they need funding because they've got an order with Transnet, right? Mm. To deliver 200,000 rand worth of tissue. They don't have a factory, they don't have cash. Mm. They come to us, come borrow 100,000. We go to their supplier, supplier says they want cash up front. So what mm. we then do is we buy the goods, get them delivered, and then share in the profits of the project, right? Okay. And we take like 6% of the value of the project. So, and then the beauty was we said, listen, you as the individual, instead of putting your money in the bank, come put it with us, mm. right? You're going to see your direct impact because you're going to see the entrepreneurs grow, mm. right? And secondly, uh, we're going to share the proceeds of whatever we make with you, mm. right? On a 50-50 basis, right? And that was five years ago. Five years later, you grew. Mm. We funded almost 300 million. We've outlaid almost 300 million in capital to small businesses. We've enabled over half a billion in turnover for them. Mm. Almost, well, yeah, we're dawdling close to the 2000 transaction mark. Mm. Um, and it grew quite quickly because it was, first year it was 1.2 million, second year it was 2.5, third year it was 42 million, fourth year it was 150. Then the damn disease came and we dropped back down to 74, 74 almost 80 million, mm. right? Um, so, yeah, that's that's been us. That's the mm. long and short version of, the, of it. Of, 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 of the journey. But it's been. I've enjoyed it. Mm. There have been a lot of hiccups. Yeah, I was about to ask because when I first met you guys, right, I think I just got. I got about four people to tell me what you were doing because mm. because mainly I was unfamiliar with it, mm. right? Secondly, um, I just didn't understand how you guys did business, yeah, right? Not because it it was a bad idea or anything like that. It's just because I didn't know mm. that this model exists, mm. right? And earlier on, you mentioned that. Um, uh, it was mainly for black businesses, yeah. right? But since the pandemic hit, did you rethink that modeling because of capital and cash and cash flow and how everything moves? So did you think to go to broader spaces? So, okay, let me describe it in a long way. Mm. Um, during the pandemic, one of the things that became only functional were certain key essential industries, right? Mm. And one of the things is everyone was getting orders from government because we primarily just fund orders, right? We relaxed the 51% requirement, 51% black-owned requirement, but only funded one business in that time. Mm -hmm. That was not 51% or more black-owned. Mm -hmm. No, no, it was 51% black-owned. It just had 49% white ownership, right? Um, so we didn't relax it. Man, at the end of the day, you always have to remember what problem you're solving, right? Mm -hmm. If, if there's a problem of access to capital when times are good for black businesses, the problem is three times as bad mm. when times are bad. You understand what I mean? Yeah. So you have to double down and focus on the exact businesses that you fund, mm. right? Um, so yeah, yo, but we got burnt proper, proper in COVID. Yo, we got burnt. We did sizable projects that defaulted and whatnot. Right? Mm. No, we're not going back there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the only time we rethought that. 
Because at the end of the day, we are trying to impact. And why we rethought that thing was that, look, these people are providing essential services that are required. Like, so, for example, delivery of masks or all of the various PPEs into hospitals mm. and all of those things. It didn't matter who's providing it, mm. right? That it needed to be provided. Mm. So we said, okay, we'll provide it. Mm. Makes sense. It does. It it really does. You chuckled through the fact that uh, you're not going back there, right? Mm. What have you done? Because the thing that happened was an external thing, right? Those were externalities mm. beyond your control. So what now have Humorous. you... Humorous. That's what we did. We mm. got, we're growing very fast. And we got excited. You are. I was telling Rue, um, just as I entered, that I actually knew, know none of the people who are in there, right? <laughs> I only know the people who are not. Mm. And those are just like four people. Mm. One left, mm. right? But I was just telling her that, man, you guys have grown. Yeah. And you would have expected that since you, were, you had such a huge hiccup, there would have been some sort of massive massive change you know massive structural change yeah there was massive structural change and mm. we're still recovering from that hit mm. but the thing that we would not go back to is hubris you know um going crazy uh, going back to the basics like the thing we're trying to do is just go back to the basics get get the business working properly again mm. right and then we can grow we can skip this year this year is a stabilization year yeah then then we can grow again um because yeah we get lost in our own source you know we as humans get what all does that mean <laughs> What do you mean you don't know? No, no, I know what it means <laughs> in the kiddo language, right? But what does it mean for TPF and the, for the way you guys did things and the way you are doing things now? Yeah. What so do you mean? The first thing is don't take on everything. It's like don't fund everything. Mm. Uh, we got we got really good at funding a lot of different kinds of projects, right? Mm. Um, then we got careless and reckless. Uh, we started thinking we could find everything, you know? Yeah. Because we're chasing business. Mm. Um, don't do that. Secondly. Um, uh, make sure make sure the scale you want matches the systems you have mm -hmm. right um, you can imagine in a business so because you know the personality and cool right mm. um, you can imagine a business that hasn't founder like that you have a big personality yes <laughs> so you can imagine in a business that's got a founder like that na? yeah that um, mm. it's very easy to do things that I go, ah, we can handle that, we can mm -hmm. handle that. And it's delegated down poorly, firstly. And secondly, people haven't been upskilled um, to the level where they can handle that, right? Mm -hmm. And then people are gonna drown, you know? Mm -hmm. Yourself included, you're gonna drown. Mm -hmm. So it's important like, to make the business. In fact, most of last year, we spent the year just getting leadership to the level where we're all talking at the same level, firstly, mm. operating at the same level, thinking at the same level, mm. so that when we're going on our next surge of growth, mm. you've got people in the organization who can lead entire departments, mm. you know? Yeah. Mm. So how do you make sure that what you just said, right, speaks to your target market? How accessible are you to people? We were so accessible mm. prior to this year. Yo, we were the most accessible thing mm. because of the scale we became less and less accessible. Mm. Like people complaining about it's taking long to respond mm. to emails and all of those things. And those are the things we're actually fixing, right? Because I get angry. Like when I see a Facebook comment that says, yo, you guys took so long to answer my, I get pissed, mm. right? Because it's like, that's the entire purpose of why we did this, right? Banks and financial institutions are inaccessible. Mm. 
right? That's the first level on the brand side, right? Mm -hmm. On the, the interaction side. Um, you come to them and you feel like you're talking. I have to put out my best English. You know what's the funniest thing? Have you ever watched black people now? When they're speaking English amongst themselves now? Like they articulate now? Yeah. Make them talk to a white person. Mm -hmm. now. Yes. So one of the things is remove that intimidation. So if you look at our branding, it's designed completely around the idea of you know exactly right it yeah. speaks to you black speak people speak to people exactly being relatable and unapologetically mm. so um one of my business partners was interviewing me i think for his podcast two months ago mm -hmm. he was laughing he was like man you know like after i watched you guys do the zulu thing over and over you know what is the zulu thing oh right? the slogan the slogan mm. and all of that stuff it's like it's very interesting. I started seeing all of the other banks now have gone on the bandwagon. I'm seeing Wonkama Advertwabo, Nalekasital, incorporate, incorpor mm. incorporate um, mm. all of that language. I was like, of course, because exactly. That's the first layer. Mm. Secondly, on regulation. So what we did was because we skirted on the bounds of regulation, what it forced the regulators to do, they set up something called intergovernmental fintech working group mm -hmm. it was basically the financial sector conduct authority it was the prudential authority it was sars it was uh, nca or mm -hmm. ncr right mm -hmm. and they said listen we don't know how to regulate what you're doing so we're going to come to you as the people's fund. as the people's fund. okay the crowdfunding as well as how you're doing the funding mm -hmm. itself um so we're going to come to you we're going to have an interaction mm -hmm. right and basically, we were the first company in the sandbox. I think we were followed by Investec and then Standard Bank for two other products, mm. right? And basically, they needed to discover how they're going to write bespoke regulation for the People's Fund, mm. you know? Um, and in that, what happened was we developed a very close relationship with the regulator. So um, even when they're looking at other things, the, the, their reference point is the People's Fund. Mm. Because the regulation, we, we like one of the things we're very clear on is why we exist is because the regulation doesn't exist for black people. Exactly. So, for example, if I want to start an insurance company, I need like 10 million rand just available. Right? Just to start. Like, just to start mm. um, a bank, let's not even discuss that. You need 250 million. Um, you need a license. You need various other things, right? Mm, red tape. R lots of red mm. tape, right? If I want to start a financial institution, I need to find somebody with, uh, I need to have experience in the financial sector. Mm. I need to be mentored by somebody in the financial sector. Mm. So it's very exclusionary when you consider like, I think we have a financial literacy in South Africa, like 25% mm. amongst black people, right? Um, who are these people who are supposed to start these companies? Right? Exactly. So that's our approach. Like, you know what? You know, if you want to think about the People's Fund, what you actually should think about. Don't think about finance, per se. Think about it like this, right? Think about changes is. Think about, think about this concept. We just hate that systems don't work properly. Mm. Right? Mm. That's primarily it. In 15 years' time, you might find us not doing funding at all. Right? Okay. Because primarily the thing we hate is the inaccess to opportunity mm -hmm. because of either my background, financial financial understanding, my skin color, and all mm -hmm. of those things, right? That's the thing we're fighting. And how we're currently fighting it is going, look, um, government spends one trillion on businesses per year. Right? That's Is that general business? General business, okay. right? In South Africa, mm. right? If you were to put that, if you were to measure that against GDP is in Africa. Yeah. It's the seventh biggest on the continent. Mm. If, if South African government was 
just the GDP of a country on paper on paper mm. to be the seventh biggest economy in the continent mm. that one trillion that it spends a year mm. right 90% of that goes more than 90% of that goes to white owned businesses um, right yeah and when you look into it um government is supposed to be the vehicle of transformative transformative change the afrikaners did it well um they did their they systems did. worked for the the they are people they were violent yeah. they were violent and cruel and murderous but the systems they made sure that they had and you know you have to have not the same mechanisms but the same intentions you know yeah radical you have to have radical intent Nah, not a radical economic transformation with the factions. Because that, that doesn't work. Yeah, it nah, doesn't just, work. That's, they're just fighting for resources. Oh. Like, it's two factions fighting yeah. for resources. This is your truth, right? And I think the world should understand because of things like fake news or, or us being excluded from the news. You know, whenever something is being um, spoken about about South Africa, it's either violent or something. I mean, we were just saying at home that the last time we felt happy was just last week Tuesday when Banyana Banyana won mm. right and then all of a sudden on Friday everyone is just sad because of the tragedy that mm. happened so i think everything should be spoken about especially when you speak into different capital markets so that the truth filters through in the world because you can't just have risks on paper and not present opportunities if the risks are there so 100% and i think because and, what's the point you know? and, I, and i think to your point the one thing i would say right with that truth conversation right mm. is that the thing we have to be a little cautious with truth truth has to be spoken right mm. but truth without love is violence yeah. it's just pure violence mm. right and why i say that is because you see i have a luyanda truth then there's the people's funds truth yeah. right those are two separate entities, entities yeah. right mm. obviously because i don't just represent myself right i mm. represent an organization and those are two different entities mm. my violent truth can't sabotage the organization mm. right um so one of the things is there is we are rebels right we're rebels in that we will we'll speak truth to power right respectfully mm. um because we have to like we have to tell the truth you have to be called out that guys 30 years 30 flipping years mm. i'm even using words flipping because i don't want to swear on a podcast yeah 30 flipping years and things are worse like from an economic difference perspective um why one because we're in positions of power to look out for our individual interests we're not i think there's an it might be an aztec tribe uh, that you used to get burnt at the stake for doing wrong mm. as a leader mm. you know china i think there was also an execution thing that used to happen right where you'd get executed mm. um, you'd be imprisoned and executed because they had a big corruption problem when in the early 80s or 90s right is that why there's dictatorship now Yeah, dictatorships work, guys. Like because you know, the, because people had too much freedom and dem- democracy. Yeah, like the only problem with the dictatorship is you're flipping the coin that you get a decent one, right? Mm. Um, but for developing economies, the thing that ultimately works is um, a single direction. Democracy is a nice to have, man. 
for a developing country. For a developing country. Yeah, I don't even. I'm not even sure if it works for the developed world. Um, I'm seeing America collapse mm. badly. Um, I'm seeing Russia show the whole NATO block its ass, right? Mm. Um, and 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 hear me out. Um, I, I I I don't have a religion of personality, like a a, a problem with religion or, or or a desire for religion of personalities. I say that from the perspective that. I want things to work. I don't care what's the brand ad around how they work, mm. right? And what that means is oftentimes we like to discuss things that actually don't work, right? Mm. But they look fancy. I'll give you an example. Um, to NGBV, what would be the first thing you'd do in South Africa, right? What's the first thing you'd think about doing? Like it would require me to think about the last time I actually felt safe, right? Because then that was the last time you felt safe. And in order for you to restore that feeling, a certain thing has to be restored, mm. you know, outside of you. Gotcha. And would you say some of these things that need to be restored, like that's outside of you, would be, for example, teaching men how to treat women? Oh, teaching is such a... It's so tricky because... Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, like, okay, ultimately, we live in a global world, mm -hmm. right? And then I don't think people, I don't know if they realize or it's just taken for granted the fact that family values are important, mm -hmm. right? It's a family, it's a community, it's a society, it's a nation, ultimately, it's mm -hmm. a globe, right? So I think starting from there, you know, it, it, there's something there's something in being rooted and mm -hmm. that just relates to belonging. Gotcha. And the sense of belonging gives you a sense of confidence, mm -hmm. right? And a sense of identification. Gotcha. I just lost I, I just think that we've lost um a form of identification as a people, right? I'm gonna speak about Africans. Mm -hmm. South Africans, just to be specific, mm -hmm. you know. So I feel like Oh, there are some things that, that just got lost along the way. Got you. Yeah. And um, to that point, that, 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 that identity, you feel like it would work a lot in getting us to do the right thing. Mm. Cool. So when you look at the stats, right? And I was using this example to, to show an example of something that we consider a brand ad, right? Mm. When you look at the stats, right, the, the, there's a direct correlation between income inequality mm. and how violent a society is, mm. right? If you, if you, for example, because the thing you're talking about, about learning identity or learning who we are, is part of the teaching thing that you're avoiding, right? <laughs> um, knowing who you are is less important to stop GBV um, than making sure that people have a decent level of income. Mm. The number one, the number one, the number one correlating fact between GBV and um, number one correlating fact with regards to GBV mm. is actually income inequality. Mm. It's not identification and all of those things mm. because there's identityless societies, for lack of a better way of putting it, that have very low yeah. GBV, right? Mm -hmm. They don't have family values. They're very liberal and all of those things, right? Mm. But they have decent, a decent Gini coefficient, mm. you know? So they 
they don't have high levels of violence. Mm. Because also, you see, like when you take that conversation, and, and, and the point I'm making is that you want to get to the truth of things, not to what they look like. Because if you take to the depths of that conversation, you know, like, like we live GBV, right, as a thing that is happening, right, mm. um, constantly. You'd think it the biggest problem in South Africa, mm. right, from a violence perspective. From a violence. If I told you that five times as much men die as women mm. in South Africa. I think day. you I think I'd think you you're just like and uh, now you're just grabbing at straws, you know. I, so if 100%, right? Yeah. If you go check the stats, mm. I think there were 30,000 murders or 20,000 I need to just double check. I think something like 15,000 were men, 3,000 were women, mm. and then 1,000 were children. Mm. Or something like that, mm. right? Or 16,000 were men, right? So Men die because of violence more than women, right? It is an imperative that men want to NGB violence, mm. not only just for women, but for themselves. For the men. Right? Well. Mm. And if we reframe the conversation so that, say, this is for you, mm. right? Instead of isolating each other, right? And separating each other and going, mm. why are you guys killing us, right? Because every man goes, what are you talking about? Like, mm. I've never killed anyone. You right? know, it's, now it becomes a, exactly. a me thing. Exactly. Yeah. That brand ad stops the actual problem from being mm. solved. You know? So in the same way, um, the brand ad of democracy stops functional economies from growing. That's, 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 that's loosely my opinion. Mm. Um, and I can be shot down for it. You, know? <laughs> you can be. <laughs> but. but. But at the end of the day, right, the, 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 the truth of it is that these... These economies that we call first world that are growing at ridiculous rates that mm. most have built their wealth and the foundation of their wealth on colonization, right? Um, they don't serve us. Because they don't speak to our problems. 100%. You know? And, and people need to get to the point where they have, can have honest conversations. But you know... I really think people go into politics because they don't know how to think anymore. Um, they don't want to solve real problems, right? They want to be actors, but like in the real world, right? So they go into politics. And politics then starts running how economics should function mm. when people don't understand economics in the first place, you know? And I think people who want to have a voice in this oligopoly states that we live in with these institutional... I call it institutional oppression because... You know, when you watch the person, the man on the street, right? And you're talking, like you're interacting with another human being, right? Mm. We get divided on opinions because of either religion or either the politics. Um, like in America, am I, uh, am, I, am I Democrat? Am I Republican? Yeah. And all of those things. But at the end of the day, what they want to do is make sure that they're fed, their family's fed, mm -hmm. and they're all right, mm. right? And that's who we want to talk to. People who want to see that. So mm. back to your family values thing. Um, we want those people. Like, we even chase down those investors, right? Mm. Like, the institutional investors who are looking to have a real impact, right? Yeah. Let's leave the stories. Let's leave the stories aside. Mm. The real impact. See, I mean, look, we started this business with 3,000 Rand. And just on the belief that we have something to, the market has something, we have something to offer to the market, right? And the market, listening to the market and what it wants, we've grown it to a decently sized business. What right? do they want? What does the market want? Bafuni Mali, they want money. That's all they want. They, they want money. <laughs> there's no put money in ideology, productive people. There's no philosophy but put money in, <laughs> in, 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 in in productive 
sectors mm. of, of, of of the economy put m- money in the hands of people who are productive mm. you will see magic they grow things mm. right and if you want to see that happened over and over and over and over again keep doing that stop layering it with bureaucracy you know one of the most annoying things is even i don't know how many interactions i've had with the big players in the impact space right yes uh, i won't mention them by name because mm. they it's people doing their jobs mm. um and another thing that i keep getting is Oh, you guys get paid off of just research. Like, that's it. No actual impact. Am I making sense? You are, but I, I was also going to ask you, what, what does that impact mean, mean to you? If, if... Or let's, to them, let's, let's imagine... If they're saying that you are getting paid for research. Yeah. Let's imagine there's a bank mm. that's all over the world, mm. right? And its job is to instruct... Um, a fund mm. that's international, that's mm. sort of monetary, mm. to deploy capital for infrastructure changes and that sort of thing, right? Mm. What you would not do is allocate a 10 million rand budget, as an example, mm. and spend 4 million on that on consultants, right? Mm. Um, to understand the problem. Mm. You understand what I mean? Mm. 10 million. You're better off taking 10,000 Rand, giving it into the hands of traders, general traders. Mm. You'll have a much bigger impact. You'll have a huge impact. Mm. Do it blindly. Do a spray and pay. Mm. Because this 6 million you have left over yes. is going to be channeled through those consultants, friends and family. Mm. Right? Because that's the nature of business. I'm, I'm, uh, and I want to be clear. I'm, I, don't, I don't think it's wrong that people do business that way. Right? Mm. I don't think it's wrong because business is still humans doing business with each other and yeah. I need to be able to trust you. Yeah. So if I'm affiliated with you, I can trust you. Mm. I'm not talking nepotism, which is slightly different, right? <laughs> Let's be very well, clear. they're very neighborly. <laughs> <laughs> they're very neighborly. Mm. I don't think something's wrong, but I'm saying if you want to have impact as a big institution, yeah. talk to the people that are actually on the ground. Exactly. Like get the money in the hands of people that mm. are actually on the ground. Mm. Uh, the other stuff you're doing, that's for sure. That's so that you can yeah, talk at the UN. Yeah, that's PR. Yeah, that's PR. Mm. Not interested. That's a brand ad. Mentioning the UN, I think they, they're one of the sponsors. The Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. Perfect. As a sponsor, they, they should definitely they take this in. Work with I love it. United Nations, if you want to have an impact, if you want to have impact, Very true, though. call out all of these institutions that are mm. subsidiaries of you, that can you have a real impact, mm. and let's stop paying consultants just for consulting purposes, you know? Because I was going to ask later on, right? Because now you just took my flow right to the left, right? Mm. But it's perfect. So what does impact look like? For you, for South, South, for South Africa, what does that look like? Man, uh, for me, it's equal access to opportunity. It means, mm-hmm. it means for me, impact looks like you don't have uh, 60% of the population living under the poverty line, mm-hmm. firstly. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you don't have 90% of those people living under the poverty line being the, 90, the people who are a majority of the country, yep. right? You have, the only thing that will be a barrier must be my willingness to work not actual systemic barriers, right? Mm. Life every day doesn't feel like an uphill uphill battle to breathe, not even to live, 
to just breathe mm. you know i think i think especially us who live in sentence the sentence and all of that we're very lost in what's the reality of south africa of, of south africa right mm. like to think of ourselves as a first world country yeah. shut up you're not <laughs> very gated very gated mm. uh, you've got a concentration of wealth that is disastrous for the rest of the mm. economy and it's about to collapse right mm. uh, like <laughs> these little uprisings the, that that uprising, tension. The, that thing we had last year, mm-hmm. it was bound to happen. There's other factors there involved, but of it's, course, but it was bound to happen. Mm. Um, and if you, similar to the GBV conversation, you as a wealthy black or white person want to continue to enjoy that wealth, mm. ensure that there's nobody looking at you going, "If I took that from you, if I took your life what to get that you from do? you, mm. exactly, right?" Mm. So. That's for me impact. Impact is where we can comfortably exist, coexist as mm. humans within South Africa to access opportunity. I want my daughter to be able to say, I'm a painter, you know? Because they want to be. Because they want to yeah. be, right? Live in a functional society where she knows, man, I'm not going to starve, you know? Mm. Well, she should starve if she wants to be a painter. Mm. Okay. Gives yeah. character. <laughs> gives her character. Gives character. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, mm. she says she wants to sing, mm. right? Can she? Oh, she's great. Really? Uh, yeah, but she's five. Everything that a five-year-old does <laughs> is great. <laughs> um, but that's the point. Um, do things in a way that makes everyone have access to make the choices to want to participate deeply in the economy yeah. or not, you know? So, 11 years as an entrepreneur, am I right? I don't know. Longer. Um... I started entrepreneurship in grade nine. Okay. Um, I used to save up money. It's actually the exact business I'm doing now. Mm. I used to save up money. And then one of my mother's friends came to the house. Mambara week. Mambara week, for context, people don't live in South Africa. Yeah. It's the week before the 25th. So everyone's broke. Because we have bad financial habits in South Africa. Mm. And she came, Mamzot, or rest, uh, God rest us. Rest in peace, God. Rest herself. Rest her soul. And she'd come and like she was like, Yo, I'm broke. She asked my mother for money. My mother's like, I don't have money. But you know what? My boy's got money. I don't know if he'll borrow it to you. I'm like, sure, I'll I'll give you five hundred. Mm. But I want seven fifty end of the week when you get paid. She was like, Yeah. Um, sure. Because for her it's an extra two hundred and fifty. It's an insignificant yeah. amount. From the mean, amount that she bought she, she borrowed. The amount that she's gonna pay, like right mm. in let's call it interest. Mm. For me, I'm a mathematician. Mm. I'm like, I just made fifty percent return in seven days. Mm. If you annualize that, that's a lot of money. Mm. So that was one of my first businesses I sold. In fact I did a business before that, but that was forced by school in Tropinier Day. We made yes, the most money. Yes, I remember that. We also had that in, in I gather you didn't go to an old black school? No, but it became all black. Okay. Eventually, as Eventually, time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We made the most money on that day. Uh, we're supposed to come up with business ideas. Um, my boys and I, Dogos or Bongani, we came up with a disco. Mm. Charged people twenty bucks at the door. Um, Whose house was this? No, no, no. In the school hall. Oh, okay. We convinced the school that this is what we want to do for Entrepreneur Day. We brought speakers, mm. brought decorations, brought everything. After convincing them, we said, we want to do disco. And they're like, we, we negotiated, mm. you know. Yeah, give, having the gift of the gap doesn't hurt. Mm. Um, and then they agreed. And we made a few thousands on that day. A few thousands on no that day. No alcohol served. Yeah. A few thousands. We split it between the three of us. 
And it was a a lot of money considering your yeah. age and considering the time. Yeah, yeah. We spent it all on going to the movies and girls and sweets. <laughs> sweets are never left out. <laughs> what else is there to live for in life? You yeah, know? as a kid. <laughs> sweets, girls, oh. and fun. What else is there? Mm. Even forget it just as a kid, even as an adult. Mm. That's why you want people to have access to finance in a way that they can express their highest version of themselves. Themselves. You know? Mm. And that's, yeah, that's when I started entrepreneurship. Mm. Formerly on my own was with the, not formerly, but on my own was with Nguma Shonis, as we call it. I borrow my friends, my mother's friend's money. Then I didn't do entrepreneurship until I think about grade... No, not even great. Varsity. Yeah. Um, first, first thing I did was in varsity. I went in four years. I was doing an economic science degree, um, majoring in maths of and numbers and guy. applied mm. mathematics. Mm. I flunked out of that thing. In four years of being in that course, I think I went to sixty classes in total. Rest of the time, I was trying to figure out how to across make money across the four years. Across the four years, sixty. For, final year, I probably went to three classes. And then the rest of the days? I was figuring out how to make... So, this is the genesis. I was figuring out how to get girls, right? Mm. <laughs> then you realize, girls cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So then I started figuring out how to make money. money. Um, so that you can get the girls. Yeah. Mm. I got the girls without getting the money, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> um, then I started learning how to trade. So I was failing one of my subjects. <laughs> it was funny. Which year was this? Uh, your 20, second, third. 2010. Okay. Um, this is the, the story I remember. This is my fourth year. Okay. Um, I'm failing economics too, right? But I'm using the concepts in there to learn how to trade, mm. right? Forex. Mm. Because if you understand the fundamentals of that, you can take punts on countries. Mm. And I made some money. Like, I'm failing the subject, but, but I'm winning in life. You are practicing exactly, it, right? Exactly. Mm. I think I always had a semi-disdain for formal institutions mm. and schools mm. um, especially because of how limiting they can be I think they're very important, education is important yeah. and it probably needs to be revamped but that's a story for another day that's actually one of our questions, it's not a story for another day a story for another yeah. day, I won't no. stop I won't stop <laughs> then that was the first one then while I was investing I was like man I have to make every trade so instead of making every trade why don't I teach other people how to make trades. Mm. Started writing a blog. Then I came across this company called Ad Dynamo. I'll never forget them. They became my competitor in a later business. It's weird. The world, al- mm. the world always works like that, you know? Mm. Um, God doesn't make mistakes. Um, in that interaction, they said, yeah, if you've got a blog and you've got traffic, we can put one of our um, banner ads. And then every time somebody clicks, you can make money. Mm. Like, cool. So we did the first month. Very little traffic, very few clicks. I made like 15 rand. I was like, man, there's a better way of making money here. Other students. <laughs> Other students. Yeah. Right? I'm like, there's a better way of making money here. So then I went to all the people who like to write. I was like, listen, guys, I'm starting a blog magazine, mm. right? All I just need you to do is write content, mm. right? Then I remembered I've got a bunch of you know, like in a varsity, you've got like a computer center, mm. right? So one of the things I figured out is, ah, they weren't counting clicks that came from the same computer, right? At Dynamo mm. to pay me. They weren't counting clicks that came from the same computer because I clicked myself to see does it count in my account, right? I was like, ah, so if I used different, different com- computers, computer. I could click on every one of them, mm. right? <laughs> and you did that. Yourself. So I did that a little bit. Then I was like, ah, 
it's going to get flagged because there's mm. not enough traffic for the amount of clicks that they're mm. getting, right? So then I devised the system, right? Mm. Put out a Facebook post. Mm. Hey, anyone looking to make about 100 rand, uh, I said, yeah, something like 100 rand a day, uh, hit me up. Some, 100 rand? Something like that. 100 rand, something like 100 rand. Right? <laughs> that was a lot of money for a day. Exactly. Sure. You know, you only have to work three or four days, hit me up, right? Then when they collectively all hit me up, right? Mm. I started texting. I think then was little BBM. Mm. Send me your BBM pin. They all send me their BBM pins, right? And then I tell each one of them, right? So I split them up into groups. Mm. I had sitters and I had clickers, mm. right? I think I had like seven people. Mm. I said, if you're in varsity, um, any of these varsities, mm. right? So, also, it was across universities. Across, it wasn't just VITS. So it wasn't just VITS, mm. I got the sitters mm. to their job. The only job that they had, right? Mm. To go into a computer center every day, right? Once, right? Mm. Click open a website on each one of the computer. Open my blog posts mm. on each one of their computer. Don't click on the ads. Just mm. open the blog posts, mm. right? And I had a bunch of sitters doing that mm. across everywhere, right? Mm. The clickers, the mm. job. Once a week, click on an ad, yes. right? So now the traffic matches the click through, yeah. right? Admarula couldn't figure out what I was doing, mm. but they knew I was doing something wrong. Because it doesn't make sense. Exactly. So they said, I was like, man, I haven't been paid like my money. I made my money. I think it was it was a few thousand, mm. right? Per month. For that month, mm. that first month. Mm. They're like, listen, because we can't prove that you did something wrong, <laughs> we're going to pay you. But you, we're no longer supporting your mm. business because we can clearly tell something weird is Nothing going on. Nothing is happening here. <laughs> And that gave me the idea for my actual first foray into real, real business. Um, when I started Paybook, I was like, man, you could pay people to spread ads. This was in 2014. No, I started Paybook in 2012. Mm. Um, in between those Paybook and that period, I mm. was, um, I hate the word hustler. Um, but I, I was basically trying to get contracts for weird like how life works out mm. trying to get people who have trucks to get contracts in mines and that sort of thing it's mm. weird now we do some funding of that sort right now with SMEs with, with SMEs, SMEs. Mm. and then I try to connect those things and in one of those transactions I try to sell a mine mm. almost did actually but anyway a manganese mine um, then after that then I started paybook because I wasn't paying the bills at all mm. um I started Paybook. Paybook was basically um, influencer marketing before influencer marketing existed, it, mm -hmm. right? In mm -hmm. 2012, uh, first year we made no money, made money from selling websites. Second year we made no money. Third year is when we started really moving, like we proper moved. Um, but between the, the first, in the space of the two years of the three that yeah. you didn't make money, what kept you going so that it, you see the fruits of your labor in the third year? Oh, delusion. Like, you, oh, delusion kept you have to have delusion. Like, mm. you have to be delusional. Mm. Like, you have to know this thing is going to work. Like, you have to have the faith that is, is demanded of people who believe in God, right? Like, mm. it's like, like, I know things are going to happen in my life. Like, for a fact. Mm. Not, it's like, it's not a, it's not a belief. It's not a, I think this is going to happen. It's a fact. It's a fact, mm. right? And they always happen, mm. right? Um, Anyone who knows me knows I call myself God's favorite, right? Um, <laughs> no, I've heard it before, even God's though favorite. I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> God's favorite. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And yeah, it was delusion, for lack of a better way of putting it. Delusion mm. kept us in that business because we thought we were onto something. Then eventually we got to, I think, third year. And then we started making, like, it was February or something. Your life is full circle. February, we're making like 2,000 rand a month. We had applied for a CIFA loan. Mm. As we applied for the CIFA loan, CIFA is promising, promising, then CIFA rejects us. Mm. Now, we've made a bunch of bets. We've signed leases to become tenants and My whatnot. Angiti, it's going to happen. Yeah. Angiti, it's going to happen. Yes. Faith of a mustard seed. Yeah, faith of a mustard seed. Mm. Then CIFA's like, we're not providing the funding. Yo. But how how does that happen? How, what was missing? Oh, a lot of stuff. Like a lot of stuff. We didn't have a good enough track record for the amount of money we were asking. We were asking for like something like 15 million. Mm. We were probably made, last year, We the previous year we had made, sure, maybe 50,000 in total. Mm. But not from the actual thing we're doing. Like from other ancillary services. So now, you're stuck. You've got these debts you have to pay. You've made promises. Um, there's four of you. Some other people are leaving their jobs to come join you, right? And you have to figure it out. I think without... I'm not putting too much emphasis because everything is important. I think that period was very important for my personal development. Mm. To learn that you can trade yourself out of any situation. Mm. We decided that we're going to trade ourselves out of this situation, right? So weirdly, I met... This, this guy, Daniel Gross, I'll never forget him. He mm. took a chance on us because we weren't getting the sales with what we're trying to do, mm. right? We even had Boiti and Nonclair on our platform. For? To become the celebrities who tweet out posts. Like, we were doing influencer so marketing. So, influencer before, like, like before, literally, like, like you said before. Paid to tweet. Paid yeah. because paid to tweet, yeah. you know? Um, let your words pay you or something like that. I don't even remember the slogan. We weren't selling that many campaigns. The campaign we did sell had a business partner. I'm not going to mention his name. I love him to death. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't want to compromise him. Um, he was like, yeah, I'm going to bring you a roster of celebrities and whatnot, right? I was like, cool, bring those celebrities on, mm. right? It's like, we have them on board. Then I go sell to Poppy Media. They were they were doing digital marketing and they were like, man, if you can get these celebrities to do at this price, we'll do something. They came to us with a campaign. Mm. Excited. I'm like, yeah, I almost said his name. Zban Ban. <laughs> Now we need the influencers. Mm. It's like, yeah, organizing it, right? And then, like, I'm not getting a hold of this person's agent. I'm like, what do you mean not getting a hold of this person's agent? No, we hadn't spoken yet. I just knew that I can get a hold. I'm like, we have a campaign that mm. needs to go out and we can't get a hold of these people. And uh, the guys eventually canceled the campaign on us. Mm. Uh, it was a spur campaign. There was a bunch of celebrities that were supposed to be on it. I don't want to mention their names so that they find yeah. out that they most missed out on a bag. Mm. That passes, uh, we part ways with that business partner. Then we start building this business and we trade it, like we proper trade it. Because now you have to pay yourself out of debt. We moved from doing 2000 a month in the space of eight months to doing 200000 um, a month. Mm. Every month we were doubling. Like that's what we were doing. Every, and it was a very simple thing. Every week we have to be a little bit better than last week. Mm. So we released a new feature every week. Once a week, new feature, new feature. And we built Paybook. Mm. We got to 200,000 a month. First time I was making decent bank from a business, mm. right? Worst depression of my life. Um, because all your life's work's been built up to you think the thing you want is money. You've always thought it was money that's missing in your life. And then you get money. And then you get the money. Then you realize. What was ah, missing then? I wasn't chasing this. 
best way I can describe it, I was looking for God. I was looking for the mm. peace that comes with God. Mm. Um, but it looked like very many things, right? Um, it looked like an emptiness inside. It mm. looked like a lack of belonging, a lack of all of these weird things. And it's very hard for people to fathom that, considering that, like, you know, there's the big personality, there's, man, like, you're popular, there's all of these things, right? Mm. But all of them are not fulfilling, you know? Mm. Those are shows, those are things. So, yeah, took a hiatus from business. <laughs> we closed down paybook. Like, it's doing well. Closed down paybook. Something hit me. I was like, oh, fees must fall happened. 2015. 2015. Yeah. Sure. And I remember that period. I also met a woman who I thought was the love of my life. Oh my God, what a beautiful period that was. In that period, being yeah. lost in that in its entirety. And, um, man, just felt empty selling insurance ads and OMO to people on social media. It's like, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? life (laughs) So that died out. um, And I just decided to live and Mm. I chase, chase spirituality, uh, did a lot of psychedelics. A lot. TPF was born. That's, that's how TPF was born. Mm. And then in that period did a lot of businesses. There's nothing I haven't sold in this country. Mm. I sold petrol online. Um, I From sold, mines to petrol. <laughs> mines, petrol. I sold... Man, it was one of the most successful campaigns mm. we did with that particular brand. Um, we we were giving away a Kusheshe. So I did I did the whole campaign for them, right? Mm. The and BMW. BMW Kusheshe. Mm. Uh, we made it a prize, right? Mm. Um, for a competition, a TV show that was playing at mm. the time. Uh, I was doing the whole digital marketing for from the production company side, right? Because mm. you know those big companies have their agencies and whatnot. Guys, just in case you're wondering, <laughs> Leander's not yet 40, right? I'm 33. <laughs> but he's done a lot in life. I'm, I'm 33. He's still considered as youth. <laughs> I'm 33. Um, yeah. Did the whole digital marketing campaign for that. Yo, it went, went proper, proper big. Mm. Um, gave them a big ROI. And then I was also selling veggies. I rolled a company called Box of Veg with box veggies, like organic veggies. Like why people love vegetables, hey? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, we put it online. It caught on Where fire. Same thing. So we used to get them in the inner city farms. Mm. So one of the things like I've always been fortunate to have is a way to construct a story in a way that it resonates with people's hearts. Because everyone thinks selling has to do with is the product good or not? Is the product matters? Right, mm. but the thing is, you're not selling the product; you're selling the better version of the person of themselves that the person wants. Mm. And man, first day we built the website, so I got very proficient at building websites. Mm. Built the website, first day we got, I think we got like three thousand rand in orders of vegetables. Right, like this is a scalable business. It opened so many doors for me to meet some interesting people. Yeah, I. F- while doing that business, I actually started to understand how big the income inequality divide is. Because mm. I was, I thought I was black rich, mm. right? <laughs> until you until, met people. Until you, you, you sold stuff to people who care about their well-being in that way, right? Mm. Which is the ultra-wealthy white people. What right? do you mean their well-being in that way? We used to sell a small box of veggies for 250 because it's organic, mm. right? We deliver it directly to your home. So it's more pricey. It's pricier than Woolworths, mm. right? Um, and we're delivering it to your home, mm. right? Um, driving around in my VW Polo, red Polo. Could have done things better than how we packaged the stuff and all of that, especially because of the level of the thing. Was it just men? 
who pack, who packaged this? We I wake up, I woke up five a.m. Actually, did the yeah. labor. Shami was in the back end handling all of the orders and getting stuff going and mm-hmm. all of that. So one of the people I've worked with almost in every business is Shami, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was handling all of the back end admin. I was handling the deliveries and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And yo, what a beautiful period! In fact, because life is full circle, that period I had bunch of music on my phone but I also had audiobooks I got tired of the music right mm. so then I had to start listening to something else because mm. I'd, I'd wake up at 5 I'd be back home at 10 p.m. every day mm. it's probably doing deliveries sure for better part of 12 hours of my day I'm in the car mm. driving right just getting deliveries to everyone mm. so it gets quite boring so I started consuming audio books now the same thing everyone struggles with with the audiobook you can't focus right you lose your attention your attention gets stolen by something so then I was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to listen to audiobooks. I've got nothing else to do. Mm. So I'd listen. Every time I'd, I'd get lost, I'd rewind, right? Mm. I'd rewind. And until I got used to the habit of driving and listening, like actively, passively listening. I know it sounds like an oxymoron, but it, it worked. It does, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a paradox, but mm. it's actually an oxymoron. And it worked because what ended up happening, I learned how to read a lot of books in that time mm. in all my driving. Like now I can finish shoot, three, four books a week. Mm. And in that time, I learned, I read a lot of the books that taught me the things I used to start the People's Fund. So were those books um, direct, re- directly related to business or were they yeah. books Mostly. For people to be away of themselves, ah, mo- a bit of both. So yeah. I don't think I don't think you can get into entrepreneurship if you're not ready for a personal development mm. that's very spiritual. Um, but it was a bit of both. You need the practical, and then you also need the grounding, right? Um, so it was a bit of both, self discovery as well as business. Mm. I read some amazing books. Like there's very little books that in the business world. If the top fifty most popular books in business, I've probably read all of them, mm. right? The it developed the muscle to read books, mm. right? And I'd recommend that for anyone. Like, mm. read. It will change your life. Mm. Um, we're already dumb enough. Like, so if you read, you don't have to be smart, right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be. Um, so that developed the, the, the ability to read a lot of books because life is full circle. That business didn't work out. It wasn't making... It's, it's, it's a logistics nightmare because you, you, yeah. you have to factor in that the food mustn't go off how you structure your deliveries. We even had an app that tells you how to do your deliveries so that from your starting point, you tell your starting point and your end point, and then it maps out all of you put in the addresses. It maps up how you need to go about it so that you're doing this in the most efficient way. Mm. Um, Yeah. that. What was unsustainable about it then? Expiry of food, you have to manage for that. Mm. Um, Supply. Mm. We didn't have a demand problem. We had a supply problem. Mm. Um, the inner cities couldn't provide enough. So then we had to rebrand, move from Box of Edge to the grocer, because now Box of Edge is about organic. The grocer has general vegetables. Mm. And yeah, that, that went on a little while, but it's unsustainable and the prices change. Unsustainable if you're starting with no capital. There's no business I've started with capital. There's not a single business. Mm. The People's Fund was started with 3,000 Rand. Yeah. I loaned the People's Fund 3,000 Rand, mm. right? Um, because I don't believe in the idea that to start a business, you need capital. I don't think so. Mm. To grow it, definitely. Yeah. Right? Um, but to establish if there is a business here, you don't need capital. Mm. We even sold perfumes. I think we made a half a million. <laughs> First month, we sold perfumes. Half a million. And then our suppliers started giving up fakes. 
And then we had to refund everyone. I had to move back home. I had to start from scratch. Where, so. where, and when was the telltale that there was a difference in the quality? I as a client, customers will always tell yeah. me. They were like, uh-uh, this thing is not the real thing. I'm, I've gotten used to buying this thing. I took it to Edgar's, actually, because we had a specific supplier. I took mm. it to Edgar's, and I was like, guys, I want to exchange this, so I'm testing them to see how fake it is. They mm. look at it. Like, I know it's it's legit. Do you have a receipt? I don't know. I don't have the receipt on me, but I bought it on. Probably if you ran the scan on the serial number, you, you'd be able to see. Hey, they look at it and they go, we won't be able to help you. I'm like, okay, guys, this thing is fake. I wanted to check if you guys can tell that it's yeah. fake, right? And then they're like, okay, let's do a smell test. You know, they do a smell test. Like, man, this is the real thing. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just so got they returned. couldn't even They couldn't even tell the difference. I got called by the, I forgot his name. Remember, he basically hit us with a cease and desist, right? Mm. So, life is full circle. You'll see why I hate control of markets and that sort of thing. It's part of this. He owned the rights to most of the perfume brands in the mm. country. Mm. So, he instructs people what price they can set mm. in their stores. Mm. So, they say, perfumes, they cost so much money, not because it costs so much to produce. It's because of the brands, because mm. they're preserving brands. So they were like, man, where are you getting these perfumes? Because you're not allowed to sell them. We're selling them at like 300 bucks. Like, can't sell them at 300 bucks. You're killing the business. You're, like, you're killing the brand. Mm. This is a 2,000 rand perfume. We're selling mm. it for 300 bucks. We're getting them for 150. Mm. Oh, we're making money like crazy. Mm. That business, when it tanked, I had to move back home. My girlfriend was three months pregnant. Oh, that was hell. Um... And having to rebuild, that's when I did the campaigns and the various other things with the petrochemical company. And then we grew. And then from that, while I was doing that, that's when I did a lot of mushrooms. And then came up with the People's Fund. So yeah. it's been five years of the People's Fund. Uh, I'm going to probably start another company now. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> you, say, you say you're joking. Well, we'll check in on you in a couple of months. Uh, no, I can't, I'm not going to start anything until this one goes gets to the level that it needs to. Like oh. right now. So... I'm wearing suits now. No longer wearing suits. No, we can't see. <laughs> For us, we know you. <laughs> I'm no longer wearing sweatpants mm. because now we're having the institutional investor conversations. Mm. Uh, one of the first institutional investors we backed was Sifa. The same guys who rejected me six years ago. Full circle. Full circle. Sifa mm. um, provided us with a wholesale facility basically for us to outlay a half a billion in capital over the next five years. Mm. Um, then we've got a bunch of others we're talking about. I won't mention them by name until we've uh, done the deals. Yeah. Um, but we are looking actually for impact investors. So now I have to put on suits. I still joke like an idiot. Um, so, But now I have to be presentable. So mm. until we've got enough capital in the system to fund every single business that's deserving, I'm not starting another thing. So you, you even earlier on, you mentioned impact investing, right? Mm. Did you begin TPF with that? Yeah. So that's not something we... That's not, that's not a thing. That's not, that's not thing. just the language that you no. picked up just because everybody's talking about no. positive impact. Yeah, no, 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 no. The entire business was not... You see, the biggest problem with any of, anybody who becomes a shareholder with me, right? Because of that paybook incident, right? Mm. I don't get into business to make money. Mm. We'll make it, right? I don't get into business to make money. I just think it's the perfect vehicle for, for change, right? Mm. The particular change we're focused on right now is on equal access to capital, okay. right? So the more you talk about the People's Fund and you engage, and they're like, oh, yeah, so it's like, a, it's like an impact fund. I'm like, yeah, why else would you have any other kind of fund? Like, that sounds boring. Why would you just want to make money? Like, that sounds yeah, terribly boring. Yeah, for it to do what? 
to do what? Yeah. Now we're making money. That sounds boring. Mm. Um, but carry on with your blue suits and brown shoes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Ladies and gentlemen, this is Luanda. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah, it's always impact investing. It's always been impact investing. It's just now we're specifically targeting impact investors. Because, I mean, the private investors we had, because we crowdfunded our capital, right? Yeah. Private investors we have, they've, they've been good to us, like, generally speaking, right? Mm. Um, but there's two major problems. You know when you're dealing with an individual, mm. when there's a proper, proper shift in the system, you see, like, when we had with COVID, yes. where people were worried about income security and whatnot, mm. the first thing they do, they withdraw their money, mm. right? Two... The business had problems of, of, of collections, right? Like of bad debts, mm. right? During the COVID period. You're only as good as your last shot with a private investor, yeah. right? They are looking at the day-to-day, right? Mm. I was making 30% return on my capital, mm. right? Because there's, there's an ingenious thing that happened with our system where we started with a purchase order funding, but the capital cycles every 45 days. Well, at the time, 29 days, mm. right? So any money you put in, whatever you're, you're doing, you're annualizing for the year. So if you're making 3% on a transaction, mm. right? Uh, if you annualize that, multiply it by eight, or multiply it by yeah, let's multiply it by eight per transaction. You're making 24% annualized mm. on capital. Mm. So investors were making that sort of money, and we made the intentional choice to move away from these investors and move towards more impact investors. Mm. Right? We still accept private investors because the the premise is the people's fund, mm. right? But we need to make sure that the entire thing is sustainable. Mm. So now we're, we're deep in the impact investing conversations. And um, yeah, it's coming along nicely. It's probably going to take another three years to have the fund at the size it needs to be. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable. At the point where it becomes the biggest financial institution on the continent, then I'm good. Then we're done. Yeah. Right? Um, it would, its current competition is Standard Bank which is doing less than 10 billion US dollars in turnover per year. Mm. So if we get to 10 billion US dollars in turnover per year, mm. I'm good. My target is 2030. I'll be 42. Is that when you will consider starting another one? Now, I'm probably going to have stuff on the side that's happening yeah. in the meantime. Mm. But for now, yeah, that's when I'll start something absolutely fresh. The next thing I'm going to go into, I definitely know I'm going into, is um, energy. Like, definitely, definitely. That um, speaks to... Mm clean energy because mm. you know the entire reason why i even started this business so part of what that vision showed me right mm. that high vision mm. was that the world is going to move into collaborative things where you're going to break up the big middlemen you're going to have small communities taking care of themselves yeah. right but the secondary thing is in order for that to happen people need to feel like we're all playing on the same page so why even this business existed is that guys the biggest existential crisis facing mankind it's climate change, right? Mm. But nobody's looking at it because we're distracted by 3,000 other things, mm. right? We're distracted by how we treat each other across the genders. We're distracted by titles we give each other um, for sexual predilection and various other things. We're mm. distracted by I'm black, so I'm poor, I'm white. Now I've got some unearned privilege. Mm. We're distracted by that. Okay, let's remove that, mm. right? Let's, let's remove that. Everyone has equal access so that we can have access to all of the minds to work on the biggest problem. Oh, which that is, we are all facing. That we're all going to die from. Yeah. Like it's not, it's like, not choosing a race, no, a gender. <laughs> we're all going to die from mm. that thing. And it's like, we're, we're actually, most scientists say we're past the tipping point. Like, yeah, it's, it's the, the SDG 2030 um, goals are not going to be achieved by 2030. 2030 is not possible right now. So, yeah, so the, the, the burning, 
the burning thing inside is solving for that. And man, when I started this business, was, uh, it was it's very much like the J. Cole song, uh, No Such Thing as a Life That's Better Than Yours, is that I realized that, man, the biggest problems, we're not going to solve them because everyone hasn't found themselves. Let's, and everyone thinks they're going to find themselves in money. Let's give them the money so they can see that they're not going to find themselves. Yeah. Right? Let's make sure everyone is fed so they can see that it's not in the food, you know? Um, the thing we're missing, and you were asking me what I was searching for. The thing we're missing is actually God, right? Mm. Or a godly purpose, mm. you know? And to get to that point, what needs to actually happen is you need to suffer. Yeah, broken down. You need to be broken down, become mm. naked and all of those things so that we can solve the big problems because we're going to kill ourselves off, right? Like we're going to literally kill ourselves off. Mm. And all of us are participants. And all of us are participants. Mm. So in, 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 in doing that, right, um, in, in, in doing this business, um, the energy one is lingering like constantly. And mm -hmm. I keep getting the conversations, people introducing me to the solar mm -hmm. people and the various other things. Because the problem, we like to make the com problem too complex to solve. In my head, it's quite simple. The difficult thing is going to be the logistics. Like it's, the thing you're always managing for is logistics. Let me give you an example. I did the calculations. You know, if, you know Soweto is always looked at from an ESCOM crisis perspective as the town that... Um, township. No, you can call it whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, township. As the township yes. that's having a free ride, right? Yes, they're the problem to, they're the, to they're, the grid. They're the, they're the problem to the grid. Mm. I did the various calculations. I just don't have them with me right now. Mm. And I used to know them off by heart. Um, but that's not the case. Like Part of the Soweto problem is actually down to apartheid. Let's discuss that. So when they were building these... What do you call them? I'm a train. Um, these... What? Railways? Copper cable railways? No, no, no. The, the houses themselves, we used to call them trains. I forgot yeah. what the, the name. Where it's like a block of houses, mm. but they divided with a wall. Matchbox. So match, it's matchbox, but it's like, if you look at the houses, this house next yeah, to this they, one, the they, wall yeah, right next to Yeah, they have one wall. There are areas in, in sort of like Orlando has 100%. those houses. So some of that thing, how the grid was applied into, mm -hmm. was measuring for a block. Exactly. Not for an individual house. Yes. So even if I went to ESCOM as a resident and said, I want to pay my bill, mm. ESCOM doesn't even know what you owe or what you used because it's a collective mm -hmm. thing. And then no infrastructure investment was done in that, mm -hmm. right? That's the first layer. Let's put that aside. The second thing is there's a lot of dead space in Soweto. Like if you count the households, a uh, number of houses, mm. right? They've all got roofs, right? Mm. South Africa has one of the highest sunlight hours in the country, mm. right? Mm. Um, I did the calculation. I think we've got something like 2,000 sunlight or something like that, mm. right? Per year, right? And I did the conversion of how many of those sunlight hours converts on a solar panel and, and can be turned into energy. And basically, um, done properly in partnership with, uh, what's this thing called? With the residents. Mm. You could get the residents' houses to be fitted with solar panels, right? Mm. They'd get off the grid. More than that, they'd stalling, but selling back into the grid, mm. right? And you generate so much power from that thing, they'd get off the grid. Um, so installation would be for free for the residents, right? As long as they agree that uh, after post their usage, we're sharing the revenue mm. for whatever gets sold back into the grid, mm. right? You could run quite a profitable enterprise and the price of solar keeps going down. While solving an, an existential crisis. An existential crisis. crisis. Mm. You'd solve, I think, about... I think that calculation I had made is that I think you'd solve about 
five percent of the grid mm. like the megawatt energy problem that we have five percent with just one township mm. You got a lot a in big, South Africa. The biggest township. The biggest in township. South Africa. But you got a lot. Mm. You got you got a lot more. There's a rumor you got a lot more people living in Alex than in Soweto. Mm. You, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you'd yeah. solve you'd solve one of the biggest uh, problems, but bureaucracy mm. and people saying it can't work and yep. those sort of things. Those are the things we'll I'll definitely be going into. Mm. Um, Please when do. Stabilize. I think we need more uh, people in that space, and it's so disheartening sometimes when you have a conversation with businesses or people in general about sustainability they immediately think oh tree huggers you know <laughs> but it's <laughs> i think that's just the the illusion that should be removed first and actually let them know that no this is actually about our lives 100%. and your children's lives too, 100%, by the way. 100% and i think you know like there's a balancing act on both sides right mm-hmm. um cuz all of us end up in tribes right mm. Either I'm a capitalist or I'm a tree hugger. Let's put it like that, mm-hmm. right? We end up in these weird tribes. And why? One of my favorite comedians is Dave Chappelle. He doesn't of end course. up in a tribe, right? Because <laughs> yeah. one of the things that needs to also be dismantled is this brand of being a tree hugger, right? Mm. I'll give you an example that's very personal to me, right? Um, fees must fall time. I was a deep intersectional feminist, right? Mm-hmm. Until I started watching the actions of the people who were let's call it leading these movements that man you act exactly like the men you're trying to fight right all the time and i was like nah i'm not fucking with this mm. like i can't be it part can of go. this it can go it can go yeah i'm still feminist but not by that definition yeah I mean? that is not solving anything 100% mm. um and the, the the truth of it is he finished one of his specials he was talking about the problem of how the transgender community needs to be interacted with right yeah and he's saying you guys like to treat this topic i'm trying to have like i'm 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 sh- i'm punching down on people mm. right but the truth is i'm trying to stop you from punching down on my people mm. you guys are taking livelihoods away from black men mm. right because they made a, a gay joke mm. they made a transphobic joke mm. you know like from that perspective you're punching down on my people mm. you know there there's 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 there's, there's something weird about that mm. right and what he's dismantling is the brand ad of mm. it right while at the same time saying i accept that you're having a human experience mm. you know because you're having an, a human experience right and that should translate also into i don't have to be vegan religiously vegan to actually care about the environment you know exactly right mm-hmm. i can eat my meat i love steak right <laughs> yes but i know that those cows are killing us mm. right they're the biggest um methane producers methane producers the biggest problem to um um to the greenhouse the greenhouse gas problem yeah. right mm. i can know that right let's figure out how we solve that mm. you know don't tell me i'm not about this cuz i don't want to eat kraut kraut <laughs> mm. what's that other thing oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Tastes disgusting. Sorry for any <laughs> vegans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I respectfully live a different life. Um and, I, and that's the point I think we need to get to, you know. So, it was a paybook mm-hmm. that you mentioned and I think it's it's seeing where TPS is, right? Yeah. I obviously don't know the ins and outs, but seeing as someone who's looking from the outside, um I'd say that that experience 
played into this one, right? Every single experience. Uh, yes. So, but specifically about um, digital yeah. presence. So, how do you how do you think that um, helps or helped TPA grow, TPF grow? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so yeah. So a lot of the early day marketing. Um, was done directly from my experience as a digital marketer. Mm. But I don't like digital... Let me explain it differently. I I only like things to work properly. Mm. And I think you can start a business for almost nothing if you use digital, mm. right? And you can use Facebook, whatever, or mm. whatever to get your product out there. I don't like it as that as a concept itself. I just like it because it's efficient. Mm. It's a functional, it's an integral part of yeah, the business. It's, it's, yeah, it's a functional part of the business. So that's the role it played. It, had, it has less to do with paybook, but it has a lot more to do with how we see the world. Mm. That the world is inefficient. Mm. And that's why you see a lot of digitization at the People's Fund. But the feeling of the People's Fund is very much interaction with humans. Mm. You know, The People's Fund. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So how, do you, how much of that do you think would change education in this country? Basic education. Sure. Right? Because we've got five minutes left. <laughs> Four. Mm. Oh. Um, so I think the mistake we always do, going back to politicians or entrusting them with this work, mm. is we like to represent the work, meaning you don't want the technology to now be the objective. The technology is just a means. Mm. It would revolutionize it because now you've got access to education it to the whole, right? It mm. gives you access. Mm. But it's not the thing. It's not the thing. Mm. The first thing you have to solve is, what the hell are we teaching these kids? Mm. You know? Spend most of my school life bored. I've never, you know, like in all of high school, I didn't study for one exam. Not a, not a one, one. Because I, I practiced for an accounting exam. Mm. For biology, I used to read the stuff twice at mm. night, wake up, read it again. And then I'd be done. Mm. I mean, I, I trust my God, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd yeah. ace that exam, mm. you know, because I read up on how memory works, mm. right? And how you create anxiety when you try to read. Say, to do, do a lot. A lot. Mm. Mm. Read it twice. Mm. Understand in the class. Read it twice. Wake up in the morning. Read it again. So why read it in the evening? Mm. When you sleep, um, the synoptic... Uh, the synoptic... What's it, what do you call it? The thing... The... Um, Endpoints, they make synoptic channels mm. that actually ingrain it in your long-term memory. So when you sleep, you know, you fall asleep, maybe playing a game or something, and you're like, yo, this thing is really hard. Wake up in the morning, you try it again, it's like, man, this thing feels so easy. Yeah, right? just before you're about to Exactly. Mm. So I used that. Don't ask me why I knew that in high school. He's man. not saying you shouldn't go to school, kids. Please go to school. <laughs> no, definitely go, go to school. Man, I'd say go to varsity, not for the coursework. I was in psychology class half the time because the girls were so pretty. Um, and the politics class and all of that stuff, um, but for the for the networks and the experience mm. of being away from home, I would say everyone should have four years of varsity mm. at the very least. Yeah, um, I'll try to stay for ten years. Mm. Eventually, please they, don't. <laughs> eventually they kicked me. I had so much fun. In yo, yo, please don't, guys. Yo, you. Um, <laughs> if it's for ten years, you should have like a doctorate or something. Please. Yeah, I don't care what I come out with. It's like, <laughs> man, this is life. <laughs> uh, but yeah. That's mm. that's that's what I think. It would revolutionize the ability mm. to access, to make a lot of things easier, and then we could all win. How's your relationship with government? Do you have it? Yeah, like most of our orders are with government. Like mm. most of our orders, the entrepreneurs are with government. Mm. CIFA is a government institution. Mm. We were part of the IFWG, which are all government wings. Mm. You know, it's like 
So my relationship with government is different in different spheres. Um, they know where I stand. Mm. I'm like, guys, you could do things better. Yeah. What do you think they could do better? Everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Yeah. Like every- now, it just feels like everything, right? It's always been everything. You know, the only thing they ran well was SARS. <laughs> well, well mm, like, look like, at where it is now. Yeah, mm. like, yeah, but, you know, they're still very good at collecting money, generally speaking. <laughs> um, no, like, I'm dead serious. Mm. It's like, yeah, man, just make it easier for us to function in, in the economy. Because, mm. like, uh, every job is hard, but you guys make it much really harder. Really harder than yeah. it's supposed to be. Like, everything is like, it's like one I I I I change the salary bill, you know like, you know the, the 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 deficit we have as a country. You can attribute it almost exclusively to the salary bill. Mm. Government is the most overpaid workers in the country. Yet they are not paying other people. No, no, no I mean just the employees, right? Mm. And I will say that with caution because we are in a slave market, mm. and I don't say that lightly. These companies listed on JSC that, uh, that, that claim profitability, mm. the slave wage, wages they give the uh, people in the market. Advertisers mm. are disgusting. Oh, my word. Advertisers mm. have interns that intern for three years mm. at 3,000 rand a month. For three years. For three years. Mm. Right, to extend contract. So I say that with caution, but yeah, I change the salary bill. And I change the way we hire. It's not hiring for creating jobs. You're hiring to achieve an objective. Um, yeah, I'd run a whole, a full gambit of top grading. Like, because me, I believe the first thing is the people. You can do all of the other things. Just fix the people. Mm. And you've got the right people in place. Then you could do anything. Mm. You know? Last two questions. Yo, yo. And then I'm going to be late. Yeah, done. I promise. <laughs> last two questions. Yeah. Right? The second last one. Um, if there were three people, right, mm-hmm. from different walks of life who spoke about TPF, mm-hmm. what would you like to hear from each of them? Uh, most no, imp- without being in the room, just a feedback and an anonymous tip. But what would you like to hear them say about TPF? Sure. Firstly, the most important one would be the entrepreneurs. Mm. I'd like to hear them say, man, I really didn't know how I was going to do that, right? Uh, you really helped me along mm. and now I've got a sizable business mm. that I can do without the, your help, mm. right? I don't need you anymore, mm. right? So the first one is I'd love to hear entrepreneurs saying to TPF, we don't need you anymore. Mm. The second more important, the second, the second other important one is um, like our investment stakeholders mm. going, man, we made decent money, mm. right? But I feel better about, I can actually see the change that we've put into the country, mm. to the continent, mm. right? It's people walking away saying, who said impact investing can't be sustainable exactly. and profitable? Mm-hmm. Then the third one is stakeholders who are a little more removed. This is the general public. Them going, I want to be part of this. How can I join? Mm. I want to be part of the solution and not complain and whine from outside mm. the, the realm. Yeah, I think those are the three things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What the last question? Right? Yeah. <laughs> what question would you have liked me to ask you? Yeah, I'll do one. Mm. I think this is the important one. What do you think is the driver of your success? Mm. Right. What do you think has driven all of the success that you have? Whatever the 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 the, 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 the things you've done, right? 
without a doubt the Holy Spirit mm. Jesus Christ mm. like with without nothing even comes close I'm just a vessel for the work to be done mm. so that's the question because you know people always want the practical answers for business and whatnot I go I can give no. you those but they're not going to solve your problem the problem is that you or you can get them anyway I think the the thing that we've created as society is just focusing on like being so robotic about things you know yeah, it's not but gonna we work. are human yeah it's not going to work we are I, human I, beings having a human experience and we want to be so robotic about things it's also not going to work mm. like generally speaking mm. because that satisfaction you want from life you can't get it from money and all of those other things right mm. um and also the everything you have it's been be pre pre provided mm. you just need to stand where you need to stand like you know like I, it sounds like i do a lot like i just stand in life mm. i stand in the position that god wants yes, me yes it in. it seems like you do a lot as well but you just stand i just stand in the position that god wants me in mm. it's just obedience it's just it's just pure obedience mm. that would be the question but you answered it yeah yeah i answered okay. it okay thank you so much luanda it's for a pleasure. It's the a pleasure. time um that you gave us at impact west yeah um yeah ladies and gentlemen that was luanda <laughs> from you, the people's you. fund um, we really hope me. you take a lot from this episode and yeah thank you for tuning in all right mm. well, thanks thanks for having me thank you everyone for listening to the impact west podcast transformative global innovation in a new era of impact Join us next week for another episode and become part of our Impact Vest newsletter community where you will receive all of the latest updates about our work in this new era of innovative impact finance. See you next week as we create the future of finance at Impact Vest.